when I got in the wreck, they told my parents he has a 50-50 chance of living, and if he lives, he has, it's like 100% gonna be a vegetable. And I was thinking, I make a pretty good vegetable, I think. <laughs> I'm not so hot on vegetables, and I think I make a pretty good one. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Aaron. And uh, first off, I just want to say thank you to everyone who is here listening to the very first episode of the Simply Overcoming podcast. Uh, this podcast is really going to be an amazing journey for me personally, and and I'm really looking forward to all of the great conversations that I will be having through this platform. Uh, so my idea for this podcast grew through uh, my desire to meet inspiring people, and I guess I guess learn through their struggles as well as their success. And my hope is to inspire you as well, whoever you may be. This is uh, definitely going to be uh, a learning experience for me, but I am excited and I am ready to embrace the active journey. Okay, I, uh, I can't wait any longer. So uh, without further delay, sit back, relax, and enjoy the very first episode of the Simply Overcoming podcast. What's happening, everybody? My name is Aaron Rittenauer, and this is the Simply Overcoming Podcast. This is the very first episode of the Simply Overcoming Podcast, and I am very excited to be here with my very first guest, Nick Maniscalco. How you doing, Nick? Awesome. Loving it. So glad you were able to make it out today. Yeah. It snowed yesterday. Did it snow where you were at? It hailed hard. It hailed? Yeah. We had snow up here. It's the end of April, by the way, and we had snow. It's almost March or it's, almost May. Yeah, it's almost May, and we we had <laughs> snow falling. Last thing we need is it's, snow. It's, it, it, winter's come and gone, and winter was not here long. <laughs> it it came and then it disappeared. Through, but through April. <laughs> we are here in uh, the beautiful North Idaho, and mm -hmm. the weather that we get here is just absolutely Phenomenal. insane. It can be summer one day. It can be winter the next, uh -huh. and then the next next day summer it's summer again, again. <laughs> you know so i true. i have known nick for many years but we have never been very close but over the past couple of years i've gotten to know nick more and uh -huh. i can say he's he's definitely become a really close friend of mine and nick i'm just honored to have you on the podcast Thank here today you. this is gonna be good so, uh, we are here to talk about you and some experiences that you have had, some growing experiences, and hopefully we can inspire the people who are listening to this podcast um, as I have been inspired through your story and through your experiences. So, Nick, where are you from uh, and what, what was your growing up years like? Um, I'm from Coraline, Idaho. Um, I live about 10 minutes away from where I was born, <laughs> the hospital that I was born in. Oh, wow. So I haven't really gone too far. I haven't traveled too far in my life. Although, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I grew up uh, in Coeur d'Alene. Um, I was, me and my siblings, I was homeschooled up through ninth grade. Lovely. Um not always the best thing. <laughs> but I can I can agree with that. <laughs> the first year I went to school, I was like, "What?" 
I've been. I didn't even know what I was missing because I never. Extreme shock. I had never gone. It's to like school. a culture shock, <laughs> really. Most definitely. Yeah. So, um, I know, like, yeah, my mom ran um a ski program down at that school that I went to. Um, mm. so I started learning how to snow ski when I was three years old. Wow, three years old. And yeah, just went from there. I went. I was snowboarding. I went from snow skiing to snowboarding. I think snowboarding at like 12 or something like that. I was snowboarding at 15. I thought that was good. But I mean, three, skiing at three, that's that's a young age to be skiing. Are you are you are you on a leash? Is somebody behind you? I don't remember. Holding you, you don't, <laughs> it's just so long ago. You just can't remember whether you were on a leash or not. <laughs> I, have, I have a feeling you were on a leash. Either that or you were just a really cool kid. Um, you were like the probably I, the coolest cat on the mountain. I question if I was on a leash because that takes money to buy a leash. and you, that just. So I think my parents just rode really close and were hanging on to my coat or something. I don't know. Just uh, they just let you go at the top of the mountain, and they're like, "Go, Nick, be free, be free, be free on the mountain." Hopefully, we'll see you at the bottom. <laughs> we love you, son. Oh, <laughs> uh, it sounds like your parents were super cool. Super right, right, cool, so. though. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, I snow skiing. Um, I went to snowboarding for I don't know five years or whatever, and then I went. Then a friend of mine. Um, challenged me to ride his snow skis, um, and I hadn't been snow skiing in a long time. I was like, "All right, yeah, yeah, I can do that." And is what I didn't know is he knew how to ride a snowboard. Um, so he's like, "Yeah, let, let, let's swap." And so we did. And I thought this can't be the hardest thing out there, and it wasn't. But it was took some getting used to. A definitely. learning curve. And which one? Which one do you like? Which one did you like the most, skiing or snowboarding? Um. Not to start a battle right, like, yeah. with with all the listeners that are listening. We don't want to start a battle between the <laughs> skiers sure. and the snowboarders. <laughs> yeah, th- this can be a very sketchy topic. Um, I went to twin tape snow skiing, and I have learned that I like that one better personally. Okay. Um, yeah i i I could ride backwards down a do- um a black diamond. I raced my sister backwards down a double or down a single black diamond. I rode. I raised my cousin down in a double black. So, Nick, sounds like you were very athletic. You were a very athletic person. Was there any other sports that you were into other than skiing and snowboarding? Um, I would. I was wakeboarding. I would wakeboard at least once a week during the summer. Uh, at the times, it'd be four or five times a week. Yeah. But yeah, so I was. I was out there enough. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I was into rock climbing. As well, I learned how to rock climb junior year, so that was 2005. I learned how to rock climb from my brother, and I got addicted to that and um, bought all the equipment and was going out doing natural climbing with my friends ever since. Was it was it mostly sport climbing, or did you were you working on a rack, some hardware? Uh, did you have some hardware, some cams? Um, I didn't have any cams. I had those cams are spendy. Yeah, very much so. Um, I had just the quick draws, the rope quick draws, and just harnesses, just small stuff. Yeah, just the requirements. Yeah, where where did, where did you go climbing? A lot of times. A lot of times, rock rock Sharon, rock Sharon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
but yeah, I climbed. I didn't hold it to that. Like I went up to, over to Post Falls and stuff. Okay. Did you ever? Hey, did you ever do much gym climbing? Um. Or not really. Um, high school. Were there very many gyms back then? Back then, you think I'm so that that old? Back then, bro, you're so old. <laughs> yes, there were gyms back then. <laughs> back in back in the day, bro. Right. Yeah. How how old are you, Nick? How old are you? I'm 30 years old. Oh, <laughs> so back in the day. Wow, you're like a whole five years older than me. Man, you must have some crazy experience. Extra five years. Five years on you. You can teach me some stuff, couldn't you? <laughs> well, I'm working on that. <laughs> um. So, uh, um, they had wild balls in Spokane. Okay. Yeah. They had, they had a couple of ra- a couple places. Cool. Um, but I climbed at Rockstern for yeah. the majority of the time. My dean at UCA, the boarding school, boarding high school, um, he had a, a rock wall in his garage and every morning my best friend at the time, we would go. And climb like I think it was like three to five days a week, and we just go up there and climb every morning before anything. And so yeah, it was pretty epic. Oh, then I was in into gymnastics. I was on an acros team at UCA. That's right. I've seen videos of you when you were doing gymnastics. I have one on YouTube. So yeah, that, you were good. It, I loved it. it. Just I I learned how to do a backflip off the ground. Yeah, and I just took it from there. I can do a backflip on a trampoline, but not on the ground. <laughs> well, no, I land on my head. You have to start somewhere. I mean, I can do a backflip off of a hill. Maybe I need a hill. No, yeah, you have to. Like, I started from somewhere. Yeah, and I worked up to the floor. Or, <laughs> well, yeah, I worked up to the floor. <laughs> that makes any sense? Yeah, I mean, I I can kind of understand. <laughs> I'm trying to understand, bro. <laughs> I, I feel you. <laughs> So, uh, did you go to college? Um, <laughs> depends on when and where. Yeah. I did a semester of college before my rec. Okay. So and talk about that a little bit, Nick. Where were you, where were you going to college before, right before the, the accident? I was going to the community college in Coeur d'Alene. Um, I took, I took the, this class. Me and my two friends, we took this class, and it was the easiest class ever. It was a speech class. And we, all three of us, flew past, like, passed with highest grades in the class. Yeah. And I didn't do anything. Mm. I, I just speaking, I don't know, I, I loved it. It was so natural. You're a natural at speaking. <laughs> yeah, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, right. I've heard you speak at a lot of uh, a lot of churches and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I have also. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I I use that. I I learned how to speak, and God blessed me with giving me that before the wreck, so that way after the wreck I could tell millions so it sounds like god was preparing you to become a an inspiring being <laughs> he he he, uh, he was preparing me for what my future what lay in my future yeah not exactly the most exciting thing but at the same time it sure. is kind of exciting yeah it's exciting <laughs> to think about so nick talk to us about the uh, the accident 
January 27, 2008, I, um, well, I'd gone down to Walla Walla and spent some time, spent the weekend with my, my good friends and throughout high school. And I went down, they were at a different university. So I went down to see them about three and a half, four hours away. And, um, I went down and spent the weekend down there and then I came home. On that Sunday morning, I made my way home, and I didn't get too far. I left Walla Walla, and I got five minutes out of town or something, and I hit a patch of black ice, and my car spun out and slammed into a parked flatbed semi-trailer that was in a parking lot off the side of the road. Now, I'm going to guess some of this stuff you don't fully remember after after the actual accident but you know from what people have told you um not some of it all of it all of it okay yeah i don't remember any of it i yeah okay so do you do you uh do you actually remember losing control of the car no no you don't. i don't remember that weekend okay um i do remember the friday before i left my brother had bought a ski rail he built a ski rail and so my cousin, my my cousin cousin Matt and I, we were right. We went and climbed a climbed a hill and rode it, and I remember that. And then I don't remember anything after that. Okay. The rest is history. So you're so you ran into a flatbed trailer, semi trailer, yeah, semi trailer mm-hmm. along the road. It was it was parked in an adjacent. Uh, parking lot off the side of the road yeah and i've seen photos and it's just it's amazing that you even survived so i don't know (laughs) the trailer doesn't look too bad (laughs) (laughs) way to be positive way way to be positive yeah the the trailer didn't look too bad the fence behind the trailer was pretty bad though yeah they didn't go after your insurance company to fix the trailer it wasn't that bad (laughs) it's all it was nice well um also throughout the wreck like i know people some people uh, well my brother he got into a wreck because he had black eyes long it was probably i don't know how long it was when he was first learning how to drive yeah he hit black eyes and he rolled the van we were on a, a trip we were on our way home from my grandparents and he uh he rolled the van and he got a ticket was it just him or was... Uh, it was the fire, fire family. The whole family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except for my dad. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And he got a ticket for that. I didn't get a ticket. But uh, but then again, at the same time, who's <laughs> going to pay... Like, is a dead guy going to pay a ticket? Probably not. No. No. At least not that I know of. I mean... <laughs> so, from what you've been told after the accident, what happened after that? Um... I don't know how fast I was going. I hit the when I hit the trailer, my car spun out, and I hit the passenger side quarter panel of the of my car against the trailer. And the car doesn't look terribly great. Um, post wreck. Oh really? Yeah, I I have picked. I'll give you some pictures. Yeah. Um, so I I hit the trailer, and. We don't know what happened, but we think I may have flew across the car and the back, you know, the back of my head hit the semi-trailer and it was crushing my skull about 
four inches, about the length of a driver's license or a credit card. So let me make sure I'm understanding. So you were actually thrown out of the car. Incorrect. I had my seatbelt on. Oh, okay. I was kept in the car, but I was whipped all the way across it. Okay. So, yeah, that kind of gives you an idea of the trailer was kind of sticking out just a little, um, kind of entered into my car. The trailer was in the car. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Entered the premises. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And then, so from there, I went to the hospital and got stories out. I have a lot of stories. Oh, I bet you do. But we'll try to contain... I'm trying to contain it. <laughs> we'll we'll have to do it. We're gonna have to have you on the podcast another time. Oh, se- several podcasts because I got hours. Anyways, sorry. So I got to the uh, to the hospital. The doctor that was there, this the brain surgeon that was there, hmm. was not supposed to be there. He was on vacation, and the the hospital called him, and they're like, "Please come in," and they they were calling because somebody fell on the ice before me and hurt their back or something hurt their skull, something, yeah. and so he came in for them. Wow. He was not very happy, but he was in there for them. Wow! And so he wasn't even supposed to be there. Exactly. And so then when I got there, he was right there, and so I went straight into surgery, and that's a miracle in and of itself. Where where were you where were you taken to? Back to Walla Walla? I I was only in five miles five minutes outside of Walla Walla. Yeah, so they took you back. Yeah. Um back to Saint Mary's Hospital in Walla Walla. Okay. I think it was I, I was at five different hospitals, so I don't remember exactly which one's which and, mm. and so. So were you in a coma? Eh, I like my sleep. So <laughs> I was in a I coma. I love the attitude, Nick. I was in a coma for three and a half to four months. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, one thing that when people when you go into a coma, I know it's it's shown on videos and everything that like you come out and you're just like bam, you're awake out of a coma. But for me, yeah, I didn't have that aha moment. It was just kind of like a, it was really groggy. Waking up. I mean, I don't like to wake up in the first place. So I <laughs> I, I took my time. And sure. if I, I found out that it took several, probably several weeks for me to come out of my coma. Oh, my. Not, not a blink of an eye kind of thing. Okay. But, yeah. So you came out of your coma. And I spent the next eight months vacationing in the hospital. Beautiful times there. Uh-huh. Um, one, did you did you have a room with a window at least? I I don't know about the first four months. <laughs> that didn't really matter because uh-huh. I was in my coma. Um, I always had a, a window. Yeah. I the the hospital that I was remember, I was the only one in the room. <laughs> so could, you had your own room. That that hospital. Yeah. So what did they what did they tell you when you woke up, Nick? They didn't tell me anything. They told my parents. Okay, so you were never told anything. Yeah, it's always been through my parents, pretty much. So what did they tell your parents? Um, when I got in the wreck, they told my parents he has a fifty fifty chance of living, and if he lives, he has it's like a hundred percent going to be a vegetable. 
And I was thinking, I make a pretty good vegetable, I think. <laughs> I'm not so hot on vegetables, and I think I make a pretty good one. <laughs> oh, Nick. Okay, so, yes. Um, I'm. They said I might not ever walk again. I might not ever talk again. Mm. Yeah, I do too much of that. Um, I'm. They. They like. He might not ever be a normal person. He. He might not go back to college. He might not even remember you. And so they're just giving out these horror story thoughts. Um, yeah. Kind of. All these r- realistic scenarios. Yeah, preparing of what my really fr- could happen. Giving a possibility, preparing my parents. Well, I guess a question that I have for you is, I'm, I'm quite interested in your recovery. Um, and I think a lot of people would be very interested in your recovery, the psychological and also the physical, because, as I, I can just tell everybody at home, that Nick walked into the studio today. And so it's absolutely amazing. Nick is walking and all of the things that the doctor said he would never be able to do again, Nick is doing. So Yeah. Um Yeah, God has blessed me. Um Yes, he has. <clears throat> they doctors said I might not ever walk again. Um they might said I might not ever talk again. I wouldn't be a normal person. Yada yada yada. Um so I take that and I use that to kind of fuel my fire of I'm going to do this. I'm I'm going to prove them wrong. Yeah. And I mean that can be a good and bad thing at the same time. You can you can use that to benefit you and or not. And so um I I used it to to push like they said I couldn't. And so that I'm going to I'm going to do my best to show that I can. Yeah. Nah, I'm not I'm not done with my like God's not done with me yet. Yeah. Well, I I you know there's there there is someone out there who is listening to this podcast hmm. and they're going through their own trials whether that be mental or physical. Hmm. Um you understand what they're going through hmm. due to your own trial. And so, you know, speak to that person today. Something you say could ultimately change their perspective of uh, on their ailment and potentially change their life. So, you know, when you, after the accident, um, did you ever go through a time of depression? I'm not a depressed person or... or Overall, uh, you're not a depressed person. <laughs> yeah, I, so... <laughs> I've noticed that about you, Nick. I, I don't I don't have depression issues or something like that. Sure. Um, a low time mentally... Yeah. Yeah. During during my hospital stay, there was, well, <sighs> I was on thirteen medications twice a day. Wow. So I was fairly drugged. Yeah. And so I wasn't totally consciously there, um, or cognitively there. For instance, I was pretty sure that, like, I asked my parents, I was like, "Hey, can I go home?" And they're like, "Not yet. You, the doctors haven't given us permission." And I was pretty sure that the doctors were keeping me there to harvest my body organs. Really? Just yeah. I w- I was there to grow, um, to grow a liver or my you kidneys. Were that, or, you were just that close. And, they just did not think that you were going to come out of it. And so I was like, so I'm just and like that scared me that that was going through my head. And like my parents were like, no, we're not gonna let you. We're not gonna leave pull you out until 
doctors say. And it's like, the doctors are never going to say. They're going to get a lot of money out of me. Oh, my. So a, so, little, a little bit of paranoia. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that, that was, I'd say, I was a, a, a time that I went through some depression, but it wasn't severe or anything. It wasn't. Sure. I, I haven't really ever wanted it to hurt myself. You know, you you went through this uh, incredible experience and you went from being an extremely active <laughs> physical person and and then you get into this accident and they're telling you you're never going to be able to walk again. You may never be able to talk again. You're never going to be a normal person. All of these different things that they're telling you and yet you stood up and you said, "No, I am not going to." I'm not going to say I stood up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> You stood up eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, you took I, a stand yeah. or you took a sit. Set my foot down. <laughs> you put your foot down to those to those realistic realities that they were telling you, and and you got back up and you learned from it and and you never you didn't let it destroy you as a person, Nick, which is just huge. You, like I couldn't let it get get down get on me because. Like I had, I had plans. I had a life to live, and I mean, why should I get? Why? How could I get stuck in this, this stage? So, yeah, yeah I, I still had a lot of things to do. I still do have a lot of things to do. So, yeah. How was physical therapy <laughs> when you finally got around to that? When, um, I was in physical therapy in the hospital. And after I've been in physical therapy about four and a half years, so yeah, in and out. Was it very painful? Are you still, do you still do some type of physical therapy? I don't right now, but I'm looking into it for bicycle reasons. Sure. Yeah. Which we're going to get into that in a little bit. I'm very excited about Uh that. Um, One thing like when I was, when I was in the hospital, therapists, they would, they would, they would try to try to to work me out and everything and i don't know because i was in the hospital for eight months my legs like my arms had can had sucked up to my chin and like my legs were only like the furthest they ever were straightened was my wheelchair they were always bent after that so yeah i i my tendons shrank in my legs and my um so there was a lot of time just working on stretching you back out so that you could have some type of movement. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, I bet. Well, I can only imagine. For instance, um, they my arms were up to my chin. They had to do something called serial casting. Yes. And it's where they pulled my arms out as far as they would go, and then they would cast them oh. for three or four days. Wow. And then they'd cut those cuts off. And pull them out again, and pull out as far as it'll go, and then recast it. Wow! How long would how long did that take? How long of a process is that? Way too long. <laughs> way, way too long. I'm sure. Because when your arms are pretty much straight, it's a lot harder to itch your nose and stuff. Yeah. Because your arms are out there for three, four days. Yeah. And so it just it's not a pleasant feeling. Oh my. Um, but back like when I was in the hospital, I was doing therapy and. The brain injury, my brain, your brain really tells your body what to do. Yeah. And um, my brain told my left hip that it broke, that I broke it, but I didn't. 
And so it started, my, my brain told my left hip to start growing bone on my hip. And so it started looking like popcorn crawling out of my hip. And so therapists were poking and dry, trying to do stuff. That hurt a lot. Yeah, I, I, Those are nasty. Those drugs are just nasty. I, I, I don't wish I don't it on remember anybody. It. I, I don't remember. Don't remember a lot of that? No. Yeah. Like, I, I, I remember, I remember um, dropping the meds. Yeah. I'm just dropping them completely. How's your memory now? Pretty sure it's good. Is it good? That's <laughs> well, good. I remember as, as much as I remember. <laughs> can't really say that. I, I don't know if I forget anything. Where am I? What? <laughs> Wait, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know how to work my phone so I can figure out figure out directions and stuff like that talk thank, thank you thank you google <laughs> i don't know how they made thank you, you know I, I know we're very young we just don't understand we just don't understand what it was like i don't know how my parents drove around with a map in their hand trying to figure out where they were going to go right, yeah. can you imagine yeah. i don't even know man we're so spoiled with google and the internet well shoot like people we you get tickets now like in washington you get tickets if you're driving texting or talk even talking on the phone yeah you're gonna yeah just think about they'll it. even ticket you if they catch you like eating food or drinking mm-hmm. something and you're like swerving a little bit they'll stop you and give you a ticket and it's actually the if you're on your phone talking on your phone and driving it's considered i i believe they actually are calling it a dui i don't know what it stands for but it's it's like if you get caught doing that influence. three or four times they'll suspend your license it's quite oh. serious <laughs> It's a pretty serious thing. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty uh, sure that's what they're doing. something along those lines. Yeah. I, I've never had to deal with it. Yeah, I just make sure that I don't get seen on my phone. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just make sure. I, I mean, I'm get, never on my phone. <laughs> I just make sure I, I don't get on my phone. I put my phone in the trunk. <laughs> I put my phone in the trunk along with that body. <laughs> that body that I'm hauling across the border back to Idaho. <laughs> I would never bury a body in Washington. That's just foolish. The, the laws over there are so strict. Right. Over here, it's like you know, it's... bury a body, no, no harm, no foul. <laughs> True that. <laughs> I, and I, I guess it depends all on where you're at. Yeah. So Nick, I know that um, you're obviously walking out. You definitely probably wouldn't rent a, a win a a five k sprint. It depends on who I'm racing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, if I'm raising other cripples, then I might be able to take it. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're no, you're no rabbit, but in the, in the end, <laughs> the I think if we all, if we've all heard the story, I think the, the turtle, I think the tortoise wins the race. So, <laughs> I think you're well on your way to winning the race, buddy. Uh, I hope. So I know that. Uh, how many years has it been since your accident now? It's been eleven, almost eleven and a half years. Eleven and a half years, and I'm sure you have lots of stories that you can <laughs> share with us. But something that I wanted to touch on with you is. I know that after your recovery, you started, um, you had a desire to challenge yourself. Uh, um, well, I uh, was, I was always, the doctors told me that I couldn't. Yes. I say, the doctors told my parents that I couldn't and they related to me. And I took that and I was like, no, you did not. No, no. Um, so... I took that and I went with it. And so that it drove you. That fired my fuel. Yeah. And that gave me the desire. So I I pushed and I pushed. Um I 
went back to school and graduated small engine mechanic and yeah, that was not a career for me personally, <laughs> but I graduated. So you actually went to school for small engine repair after the accident? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I Like, I knew that I needed something. Yeah. But I didn't know what, and I was like, well, because my dad was a mechanic. Hmm. So I was like, well, I know some of that, so I can't be the worst thing. Okay, what year was it that you rode your bike 365 miles in 365 days? No. No? No, no, no. What was it? I walked that. I had people coming in, driving out of their way to see me often. Mm. Like, I I met people because I was walking and they, and I mean, shoot, I'm a cripple kid walking. They would, you had a lot of people stopping and asking you questions, I'm I was, sure. I was driving, oh yeah, I, I did way too much talking. <laughs> I didn't get a whole lot of walking, and that's why I was cramming the miles at the end. It was all that mall walking. <laughs> no, I mean, that was definitely something. Talking with people. No, like driving down the street. like people. Oh, like, even just people driving down the street, yeah. stopping and talking with you. Like, I went down um, and walked 95. Yeah. To go down to, like, Appleway, um to mm. pick up my car. I had it being worked on. So I went down, I walked all the way down there, and I had people honking their horns, and I'm on the side of the road, like, you can't really see me, but, yeah. Because you were on the sidewalk along the highway there. Not not along the side of it, because it's like... Yeah, know, the trail's quite a ways away from the highway, exactly. but they, they still saw you and they were honking at yeah. you. Wow. And so they knew who I was. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm sure a lot. I, I'm sure a lot of people know who you are. Right? Yeah, a yeah. lot more than I know. That that guy. Exactly. That guy, Nick. Back when, um, I mean, you just you just met somebody. You just met somebody today before we started recording the podcast that came in and was like, "Oh, hey, hey, Nick, how you doing? I've heard about you. I I've heard of you." <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, um, when I was when I went down into the the grocery store to pick up my meds one yeah. day, and I was walking out. And this lady like runs up to me. She's like, um, uh, and, and like, she was, she was like, do you, do you, wow. And she was really excited. Um, I don't remember exactly what she said, but I, pretty much it came up that, do you know that you're practically a celebrity in Coeur d'Alene? Um, nope, I didn't. <laughs> I mean. You never met her before. No. And she just came up to you. Because I was in the newspaper. On, I was just on so TV. surprised. Yeah. It's like, I hope what you've heard is good. I, I can tell you, Nick, that when you were in the hospital, there was a lot of prayers going up for you around the world. And yes. I had a website that had, I think when it, when it, when it was done, it had over 88,000 members that were logged on. And those are the people that... 88,000 members. That subscribed to that. There, of course, there's not everybody subscribed. Oh, so there was actually, sub, it was, it was a, you could subscribe. Yeah, so like you that. still have no idea how many people visited the site. Exactly. So yeah. I know a I lot I bet you more. you could get those numbers from like analytics or something. So you're back in college now, aren't you, Nick? I am. <laughs> you are. And what are you doing? I am working on my bachelor's now. Yeah. How's that going so far? I'm done with the first year. <laughs> yeah. Three out of four, one out of four. So I have three more to go. 
Fine. Did you imagine yourself going back to school? I always really disliked school. Back when I was in high school, I was just like, when I'm done, I I was gonna go bum it in Europe when <laughs> I when I graduated. I was. I understand so, those desires. So done with school, <laughs> and so yeah, I I took a trip, but that was more to the hospital instead of across the sea. Yeah. So plans change <laughs> things life it's funny how life changes like that right? right yeah totally you just never know from day to day you just never know man well we're coming down to the end of the podcast nick but there is one thing that i wanted to talk with you about that mm-hmm. i am i'm excited about and i really want i want to open up the floor for you to to share with us more more about it but there is a a challenge that you're going to be doing it's in 2020 well i i challenged myself yeah it was a, it was a challenge of your own making uh-huh and it was like you know what i'm sick and tired um i finished walking and i i bought a bicycle and i put it on a trainer because i have no balance <laughs> yeah so i put it on a trainer and the next couple months i don't know like two or three months i'd say i rode a th- over a thousand miles in j- just a couple months or so and i was like because uh, my goal was to do 3650 miles because i was r- walking 10 miles a day nope sorry i walked one mile a day for a year yeah and so i was like riding a bike i can do 10 miles a day that's not hard for at a whole all. entire year but yeah. So you so, made it to about a thousand miles. Yeah. And then I decided to go back to school. Mm, okay. So that changed my plans. So I stopped writing. But this last, last year, I was like, why, how awesome would it be to do that? Like, why, why am I not? What's stopping me? Yes. And I, right now is the best time I could do it. Like, I'm not. I'm not attached to anybody. Yeah. I, I'm not married or anything. I don't have... Uh, my bills are my phone, my car insurance, and tithe. <laughs> That's about it. No, that is it. Yeah. So, so what is the plan? The plan is to ride... I, I was just looking at it online, and I think I want to take the route of going from Long Beach... Washington, ride my bicycle across the United States to Long Beach, New York. 3,035 miles, I think it is. That is fantastic, Nick. So I think... Now, what are you going... Are you just not going to have a bike with like training wheels or or what are you going to be doing? I bought a... uh, Well, I bought an adult training trike... Yeah. Adult, yeah. I, I forget what they call them. A, a, uh, a recumbent bike. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. It was also. slipping my mind too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I bought a recumbent bike. Yeah. And so you're gonna start training for that, or have you have you started doing a little training for that? I've done a little training. My bike shows up next week, or sorry, Friday. Okay, I so you're hear. just you're just getting your bike. Yeah. And then you're gonna get out and start training. I'm, I hope to ride hard. And the reason why I'm so excited about this is You're Nick gonna, asked me to go along. He's going to join me. And I am going to join Nick <laughs> for this adventure across the United epic. States. And are you going to have a support team with you? 
I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know yet. And, I, you I know, haven't gotten that. Those are details that I haven't figured out yet. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I'll, I'll just say we're in the very beginning stages of this. Um, <laughs> Nick's going to be doing it for, obviously, he's going to be doing it for a, for a cause. And ultimately, he wants to motivate other people who may be dealing with, um, you know, issues in their life to get out and, and do and and he just wants to inspire people. Nick is a very inspiring person. One thing that people notice about you when they first meet you is just how positive of a person you are, <laughs> despite these circumstances that have led you um, to where you are today. And um, I, I can definitely attest to that. People have met you before, and then, and then, uh, you know, when we weren't around you anymore, they're like, "Man, Nick is extremely positive." He really puts off a good vibe. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point like yeah, this has happened to me. Yeah. I can't say it's something you can I either dreamed. you can either wallow. You can either wallow in the circumstances or you can work in. Or you can move forward. Right. Yeah. And you can better yourself. Absolutely. And everybody is on a different level, but what it's all about is pushing you. Pushing yeah. your abilities. What like what's what's holding you back? Where where are you at? Yeah. So yeah, I I really didn't like being in the spot like i hated the wheelchair so when i left the hospital they brought a a, a magazine to me saying what what uh, wheelchair would you like to buy your insurance will buy <clears throat> your insurance will pay for all these these high-end electronic wheelchairs and i was like i'm gonna walk out of here and they're like Right. How did they? They did not believe that that was possible. Possible, did they? No, no. And it, I didn't end up walking out of there, but I got into my walker as quickly as I could after that. Is there a chance that you ever stayed in contact with any of those people from the hospital? Um, I have one one of my aides that I still talk. Well, that I have him on Facebook. Yeah, and then. I emailed one of my <clears throat> one of the the receptionists. Yeah, we were talking, but it's been years since I've heard from either of them really. So the last question that I want to ask you, Nick, is, you know, for for somebody out there that may be dealing with some type of an accident or injury. You know, it could be something physical. It even could be something mental. But mm -hmm. is there something that you can share with them to inspire and to to get them to step out and do more? Is there something you want to say to that specific person that's listening today? I don't know. You are, well, you are your worst enemy. Um, your mind, your mind controls your body interesting and you can control your mind so if you can control your mind then you can control yourself but like you need to figure out how to control yourself and so you have to take control of your mind um and for some of us like me your mind is damaged you have a traumatic brain injury and yeah people will say oh i can't do this because oh i can't do i hate people that take take their their disability and use it like does it ever kind of feel like a slap in the face when somebody says that they can't because and they're in perfect healthy condition and they're just using it as an excuse and you're over here doing when people say that uh really huh 
Well, I can't do. And like, it's like, look at me. Are I, you walking around with a cane uh, or a walker, buddy? I can't. Uh, I can't run or or do flips or whatever. But I'm doing a lot more than you are. So no excuse. Start with something, and you'll work from there. You are your worst enemy. Uh huh. Wow. Well, Nick, I thank you so much for being here on the podcast. I'm really excited. I think this first podcast episode went really well, and I could not have had a better person to be here with me on this first episode. Um, is there any way that people can get a hold of you uh, to be able to, maybe some social media or something, to be able to follow you on your journey across the United States? I know eventually there's going to be a, a website uh-huh. and there's going to be social media set up for all of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but how can on, people... I'm working on YouTube right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I really... I have Facebook. So Nick Nick Maniscalco from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. <laughs> yeah, they can find you on there. Yeah, I. Yeah, well, what what we'll do is we'll go ahead and get all that social social media information and possibly the website, and we'll go ahead and post that in the description so that um, if anybody gotcha. wants to follow Nick on his journey across the United mm-hmm. States, um, please follow him. He is will be such an inspiration to you and uh share it with your friends like it and share it subscribe like do it all of those <laughs> do all of those things that we do in 2019 oh, right. i mean you could even make a meme about it i don't know like, <laughs> the, <laughs> there's no excuse you that. can do something you can there's do nothing something holding you back holding back except for yourself you don't many people don't understand that there is always more than one door. Oh heck yeah! There's always more than one door, and 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 God always has a door open for you. You just mm-hmm. have to find that door. <laughs> you just have to find and it and walk through it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that can be a challenge. Nick, <laughs> thank you so much. For sure, love you, man. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh-huh. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. See you later. Hey guys. So, what did you think? Nick is definitely a great guy, and I'm so glad that I was able to have him here on the podcast. Um, You know, what's really exciting about this bike trip that Nick is going to be doing in 2020 is I am going to be joining him, but I am not just going to be joining him to ride with him. I am going to be shooting a documentary about his journey uh, across the United States. I'd love to get some feedback from you, or if you just want to reach out and say hello, you can email me at the simply overcoming podcast at gmail.com if you want to follow me on my personal instagram it's at aaron travels underscore wrld if you want to follow nick on his journey you can find nick on facebook nick maniscalco he assured me that he will be posting any information about the bike trip on his facebook and because i'm going to be going with him i'll probably be sharing things on my personal instagram as well. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time here on the Simply Overcoming Podcast.